0: Welcome to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese, a program that can help you become liberated in the modern world. Now, here's your host, Dr. Kevin W. Reese. Saints and sages, what's the difference between the two? What's the significance between the two? Welcome to episode number 43. Today, I have with me Dr. Joe Breton, who was here about 10 or 12 episodes ago. So welcome back to the Peace Pod.
1: Thank you very much, Dr. Reese.
0: And the last time you were here, I mean, we talked about a lot of good stuff. And we were we were just all over the place. We were going deep on a whole bunch of different things your background is sort of a mix between the Native American side and the Catholic side. And you said that you went back to the Catholic side because you became very interested in the saints, right? Yes. But then on the other side of the earth, you have the Indian gurus and the, the Chinese and Japanese gurus who we can just call sages. Sages is, is, I guess you can say, a, a, a person of great wisdom. Mm-hmm. Mystic is another term it's That sort of underlining all of them. You could probably call them all mystics if they've gone within themselves and they've seen some things and witnessed some things, then you know, we could call them mystics. Not everybody likes that term. So we're really just playing with words here or playing with labels. The plumber and the electrician both tradesmen right isn't that kind of what we're saying Saints sages pretty much same message oneness becoming a part of the whole enlightenment what have you learned from you know going back and looking at the Saints
1: the Saints suffered greatly yeah and sacrificed they did in Catholicism a lot of saints because they are saints they they died for their beliefs
0: yeah they were talking about the light and becoming one with the whole that's a good way to put it becoming one with the whole now there's many other terms we could use and the church didn't really like that they just they wanted Their way, so a lot of these saints were charged. Some of them were burnt at a stake, right? Some of them were burnt right at the stake. I know Meister Eckhart was they were gonna put him to death. Now they look at him as a treasure. Mm -hmm. When you're a sage in India, you're much more accepted. Mm Mm-hmm. You go to India right now, and there's there you're going to find a sage or a guru on almost every corner. They're everywhere, yogis, things like this. But when we talk about saints, we're mostly talking about Europe, right? We're, mm-hmm. talk, we're talking.
1: We are there.
0: Different culture.
1: I mean, our modern day saints are, of course, Saint Teresa, right? Mother Teresa, and right. then Pope John Paul II. Right. There have been layman saints throughout history, whereas um, married couples have become saints right. uh, The author John Fink has a book, uh, Two hundred Married s- saints mm. and and they speak about you know there's so many saints out there that are never recognized, you know, and I think saints they don't want to be it's not the desire in their heart to be famous you know? Right. right. <laughs> they're just trying to help out their fe- fellow brother and sister sharing you know in you know the church does take and I'm no expert in the church believe me I'm not um, but the church does take a lot of uh, research uh, that goes on when someone is being considered as a saint yeah you know there has to be two miracles that are done after their death Hmm. but one thing for sure is they had in common is they had um, deep prayer they had a relationship with God that was as if they were sitting in front of their best friend and speaking right right yeah they they were very conscious and very empathetic of the suffering and pain that went on within humanity that they saw Even Mother Teresa, when she had passed and they went back into her journals for 40 years, she states that she had doubted where God was. Mm. And at one point, she felt that she was even almost in the hell where God didn't even... She questioned the existence of God, and I'm just quoting what I read. Right. You know, sometimes we have these days and we journal and sometimes we journal different things you know mm. but she saw a lot so, so many atrocities you know being in Calcutta yeah yeah um
0: a lot of suffering extreme so what i wanted to do today is you know go back and forth with some some good quotes some good teachings from from these people these great people you do the saints I'll do the sages, and we'll maybe provide some commentary and see where they kind of link together. I think that'd be really cool for the listeners.
1: Right, and just for the listeners out there, this is unplanned. We haven't gone over each other's quotes.
0: No, no. <laughs> I got mine in front of me. You got yours in front of you. <laughs> Nobody's checked So we'll homework. see
1: what's going to happen. This is a... Uh...
0: I'll do the first one. This one's from Ramana Maharshi, a great Indian sage. Um, of this era well of the you know he was late 1800s so and I quote wanting to reform the world without discovering one's true self is like trying to cover the world with leather to avoid the pain of walking on stones and thorns it is much simpler to just wear shoes (laughs) so you know i think what Ramana is saying here is you know to to become one with the whole to everyone's so quick to be an activist or try to change this and try to change that and you know fight and i think mother Teresa had a quote about that too where everyone's trying to change society and they become so attached to that they forget to develop themselves and that we have this inner potential in us to become one with the whole, to become, you know, and I think what Ramana is saying here is that should be the priority. That's what I got out of it.
1: Mankind will not have peace until it turns trust to my mercy mm. by St. Faustina. I think a lot of in the world, the anxiety and fear is that we've stepped away with our relationship with the ultimate one. Yeah. And as a physician, a naturopathic physician, like there's no vitamin or mineral that will really cure our intense anxiety or bring us peace, true peace right. and any listeners out there who ever had true peace mm. it was because of some extraordinary experience you had maybe the birth of yeah. your son or your daughter or an experience that you had that you felt connected to perhaps another human being or you felt connected to nature in some sort or you felt connected to God
0: or you had a, a mystical experience. That it, happens to some people too.
1: Exactly. And, well, some people ask, well, how come I haven't had any mystical experiences? But we have to have faith that God gives us things in small doses right. that we need.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Some people are akin to, say, an oak tree, the spirit of an oak tree, strong. Mm. Withstand the storms. Mm. And some people are akin yeah. to the spirit of the daisy that grows in the fields, the flowers. Yeah. Um, they're a little more susceptible to certain winds, yeah. to certain weatherings, right? Mm. There's an old saying that, you know, God will only give you what you can take. Yes. And <laughs> Mother Teresa says... Uh, I know God will not give me anything I can can't handle. I just wish he didn't trust me so much.
0: <laughs> ah, yeah, that's a good one. Well she did have a lot on her shoulders.
1: She, yeah, she was up against uh people telling her to get out of the country. We don't want you here.
0: Right. Yeah, you know, when I think of Mother Teresa, I think of, you know, on the Indian side, I think of Mahatma Gandhi <laughs> who inspired inspired the civil right movement in, I think, 11 different countries, including Martin Luther King here in America. He did quite a bit, and he was a Hindu man, a sage. Mother Teresa and Gandhi go together very nicely as far as the modern era. Allow me to do another one. Sure. This one is from Yogananda, also of the modern times, late 1800s, early 1900s. He says mind is the creator of everything you should therefore guide it to create only good if you cling to a certain thought with dynamic willpower it finally assumes a tangible outward form when you are able to employ your will always for constructive purposes you become the controller of your destiny what i get out of that is he's saying that you know, our minds are very powerful. And we have to be very careful with them. You can create your own personal hell if you let your mind get out of control. That's what people are doing with anxiety and depression, right? We all have the ability to stay in the present moment. And a lot of these a lot of the saints and sages will, you know, taught us that. And that seems to be almost the number one rule of spirituality just stay in the present moment because our mind can snowball (laughs) Mm -hmm. if you if you start going left field right field and you go too far you'd be boom you're in a dream world i mean your eyes are open and you might be you might be driving or cooking or you're tying your shoe but you're in a dream world so i think that's what yogananda is saying here
1: you know it's taught us to surrender your, for instance, if you had a dream that you're trying to attain, whether, you know, make a million dollars or have a family or, yeah. yeah, Surrender that desire and the moment you do that, it seems to unlock the dam, if you will. It seems to take down the wall and then all of a sudden it may happen. Mm. And that's akin to how we, you know, Catholics and Christians alike or other uh, religious um, followers of God,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they're surrendering their, their life to God, saying, God, okay, I'm putting all my troubles, all my sorrows, all my talents, everything to you. I mean, I'm going to put aside my, my desires and dreams and lead me where you need me, Lord.
0: Lead me where you need me. Somebody write that down. Somebody listening to this, please take a pen, or if you got, if you're near a whiteboard, write that down. Did that just come off the top of your head, or is that a phrase you've heard before?
1: That's one of the songs I wrote. Okay. Lead me where you need me, Lord. Lead me where you need me. Okay. Lead me where you need me, Lord. <laughs> Should I start playing the hey drums? I don't know what to do. Heyana, <laughs>
0: All right, we we've just broke out in the song. You never know what could happen here. All right, next quote:
1: "Is nothing whatever is akin to godliness and holiness can be accomplished without grace." Mm. This is by Saint Augustine. Mm. Grace, and the grace is is defined as it's a gift. Mm. It's a talent, it's a, it's a, it's a mysterious um, um, power that one receives to be able to get through something or achieve something, mm. you know, or to have something in life. You may be graced with, you know, five beautiful children, healthy children. Mm-hmm. You may be graced with the ability to uh, play a musical instrument. You may be graced with the the ability to uh, speak eloquently and Mm. and travel around the world and be a be a speaker of uh, good things but of course it does come from a lot of hard work right but what this quote is saying by saint augustine is saying that we can't do it without god right it's almost as if we take the plant and we cut it at the stem it's no longer connected to the root And the flower that we cut, we put in water, looks beautiful for a little while, but then it will ultimately fade away Mm. because the source is not there anymore. Right, right. You know?
0: Yeah. In order for grace to work, so to speak, it's like we need gratitude. Right? Yes. It's like gratitude is the battery that kind of powers that boat, if you will, the engine that drives that vehicle.
1: You know, there also, the scientists will tell us there's probably a law of the universe. People, some people call it karma.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: In the old, the old saying, use it or lose it. Use it or you lose know? it,
0: yeah.
1: However, when we have faith that God does look more at our goodness than our faults, then we're over, able to overcome Feelings of, say, guilt and shame, um, anger, you know, shame and guilt is usually something we feel against ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that can make you very sick because it's against yourself. If you're angry at somebody, at least it's directed at somebody else, unfortunately. Mm. But it's not an inward thing. It's not right. a thing that's destroying you from within.
0: It might be a good segue to my to my quote my next one this one is from now right, we're going to japan now this one's from zen master dogen 1200s do not be concerned with the faults of other persons do not see others faults with a hateful mind there is an old saying that if you stop seeing others faults then naturally Seniors and venerated and juniors are uh, revered. Do not imitate others' faults. Just cultivate virtue. Buddha prohibited unwholesome actions, but did not tell us to hate those who practice unwholesome actions. (sighs) This This is quite profound because it's so easy to get caught up and what other people are doing, and have a very passionate opinion. We see this in politics, right? Mm-hmm. We we see this with uh, our current state with President Donald Trump. You know, people absolutely hate him, and then you got people <laughs> that absolutely love him, and it's like a war. What Dogan is saying here is that's their opinion. It be above it above it don't judge even if somebody does something that is considered bad quote-unquote don't judge them you're not in their shoes you don't know you don't know what made them kill that person like you don't know that was like their path for whatever reason that was their path let it be you know recently Got into a a conversation with someone recently who was, like, a really extreme vegan. By definition, I'm vegan myself. But, I mean, this guy was, he was, like, upset with Michael Jordan. Of all people, out of the clear blue, he was upset with Michael Jordan because he was saying animals died for these sneakers. And, of course, Michael Jordan has the most famous sneakers in the world. Mm-hmm. right? And he's just pissed. He's just, like, upset. It's toxic and this. Screw Michael Jordan and this. And I'm like, dude, do you know he can jump from the free throw line? <laughs> I'm like, relax, man, because that's Michael Jordan's path. And you really think he's sitting there saying, oh, we're going to kill some animals today. Mhm. He's not. He's just caught in the capitalistic business mind and and millions of people are, you know. Michael Jordan donates millions and millions of dollars to human beings as well. So it's not like, you know, he's just this guy who does bad. A lot of a lot of people do quote-unquote bad things sometimes consciously sometimes unconsciously so i think that's what dogen is saying here do not concern do not be concerned with the faults of other persons if you get caught in the faults of other people you're bringing yourself down you
1: know i think some of that has to do with say envy or jealousy too i mean it's interesting how the person just targeted michael jordan I mean, Michael Jordan's a a a, a zillionaire. (laughs) Um,
0: Not to mention he's widely considered the greatest basketball player of all time.
1: Right, and he's very, very successful Right. in the eyes of our culture.
0: In a materialistic way, yeah.
1: You know, life goes on. Um, There's a great quote. I don't know why I keep going back to Mother Teresa, but she says, um, God, and this has to do with you know, what we're talking about, success. God has not called me to be successful. He has called me to be faithful. Mm. We forget, I think, sometimes we are in, can we say, a proverbial dream of creator. Right. Right. And when we're born into this world, we have a language, we have a home, we have a, a way of looking at the world that is taught to us. But the soul is so profound. It's like the depth of the ocean. There are certain places in the ocean man will never go or discover just like there are certain places in the universe. Most places Mm -hmm. in the universe we will never go. Mm -hmm. When we look at the stars at night, it's akin to the vastness vastness and depth of our Mm -hmm. own souls. Mm -hmm. Each person who is born on this planet has a very unique life and it's important to realize that when we talk about the sages and the saints, mm-hmm. they were able to appreciate each unique life. Mm-hmm. How easy is it for us to say, oh, that person is this and that person is that. But if you were to be that person for a day and go through their struggles, you know, and understand that they're dealing with a child who perhaps is handicapped or sick and, or and you wonder why they come to work. And sometimes they're just so grumpy right. that you're like, you know, take it easy, buddy. Yeah. But we don't know until all of a sudden you find out more about their life. As yeah. you work with them more, they share their experience. They share what's going on as trust builds between the two of you. And you understand that, wow, this person is really a lot stronger than me, mm-hmm. a lot more courage than I could ever have because everybody makes the world go around that's right there's many ingredients in a cake that's right that is necessary
0: but is it a vegan cake (laughs) (laughs) people are gonna get mad so
1: so to return to the successfulness and faithfulness quote that i just read why is it that we always define success in a certain similar way where okay we're gonna have a a good portfolio of investments we're going to have money in the bank and with this Th- there are so many other reasons we are here on the earth
0: right right
1: some people are born to fly like the eagles mm-hmm. some people are born to run like the caribou mm-hmm. some people are born to swim with the rhythms like the dolphins mm. the dolphin surely isn't going to try to teach the wolf to swim That's right. Like it is. Hey, mm-hmm. why can't you swim like me?
0: Your Native American side is coming right, out right now. And the eagle stands on the side <laughs> of a cliff, right.
1: And there's his brother friend Wolf, and they're both looking off into the distance, and they're seeing the valley below. And the eagle turns to his buddy and says, "Hey, ready? On three, we're gonna jump." <laughs> Wolf <laughs> says, uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> "No go." <laughs> How about on three we howl at the moon, right? <laughs> Um, so uh, I think, you know, I'm being funny about the whole situation, but the human spirit's vast. Yeah. You know, if the body was ice, the mind would be water, Mm -hmm. but the spirit would be vapor.
0: That's right. Invisible.
1: If they could look at somebody Mm -hmm. and say, oh, okay, yeah, truly I am a bear. All right. You know, and. Well, how come this person doesn't understand, understand me? Well, then if they look to perspective, oh, wait a second. They're not a bear. They're, they're a falcon.
0: See? When something comes across, when, when something happens in your life, there's some sort of conflict or your mind goes to a judgment, judgmental place, we, we can definitely stop for a hot second and say, wait, let me look at the other side. Mm-hmm. Let me look from the other perspective. All right, Joe, do you have another quote?
1: Yes. Private prayer is like straw scattered here and there. If you set it on fire, it makes a lot of little flames. Mm. But gather these straws into a bundle and light them, and you get a mighty fire rising like a column into the sky.
2: Mm.
1: Community prayer is like this. This is by Saint John Vianney.
2: Hmm.
1: You know, there's an old saying that you know, you believe something very strongly, it can happen. But you get three people believing, that's right, ten times as strong that it may happen. Right. You get a thousand people, right, believing in the same thing. You know, trying working towards the same vision, the dream, whether it have to do with environmental science or creativity or or whatever it has to do with. For me. Daily Mass is very important mm. because it's quiet. The lights are low. Sometimes the candles are lit all over. And the people who are there are there because they have a a good communication with God. You know, it's a little different than Sunday Mass.
0: What you're talking about and what this quote from the saint is talking about uh, goes back to something that, comes up on this podcast often, which is vibrational energy, you know, electricity, we all have a certain electricity, a certain energy. When people come together, that energy can bounce off of each other. It can, you know, sort of, you know, your Taurus field and my Taurus field Mm kind of, you know, come together. In in Eastern cultures, it, the community is called a sangha. The sangha. And, you know, it's something that is treasured. With people coming together and sometimes there's chanting, prayer, and certainly meditation. If you ever meet an enlightened person and they're open to helping you, one of the things they will say is, come sit with me. That's what Preem Vishrant, who I had on mm. this podcast recently, he, that's what he told me. He said, come to Australia. Come sit with me. He didn't say, I'm going to teach you. He didn't say, um, I'm going to show you. He didn't say, read my book. Mm. He said, come sit with me. The average person may not understand what he's talking about. Mm there's a field there's a field around all of us and uh the more we develop ourselves again going back to part becoming the whole Mm -hmm. right dissolving into the vastness of god source universe then if you come across somebody like that and you're paying attention you can actually feel that that energy so, uh, I've only felt it once when I met the Blue Antelope, my, my mystic mentor, back in 2012. And so, this quote that you read, yeah, you take, say, 30 people, mm-hmm. put them in a room, and they're all, you know, on the same wavelength, so to speak, yes. chanting, praying, singing, they're all coming together that room is going to fill up with vibrational energy positive vibrational energy so that's a powerful quote that's a good one and be on the lookout for somebody that says come sit with me (laughs) it doesn't happen often it doesn't happen often
1: so uh, have you bought your plane ticket to australia
0: (laughs) (laughs) i haven't i don't have the money for a plane ticket to australia but uh Yeah, it'll happen when it's supposed to.
1: It always does.
0: It always does. Uh, Let's go into ancient times here with Patanjali. Patanjali is supposedly the father of yoga. And for those listening, yoga is not an exercise. It's an actual tradition. (laughs) In America, they think it's, you know, you bring your yoga mat. It's really, it's a whole sort of religion. Anyway, Patanjali says, Here is, in truth, The whole secret of yoga the science of the soul the active turnings the stringent vibrations of selfishness lust and hate are to be stilled by meditation by letting heart and mind dwell in spiritual life by lifting up the heart to the strong silent life above which rests in the stillness of eternal love and needs no harsh vibration To convince it of being true. So there we are. We're back to vibrations and meditation.
1: The silence of the mind.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. It's powerful, man. Uh, When we meditate, you know, we uh, we practice the stillness, and we don't always get there, but the more you do it. You know the more it comes, you know, and you know I like to say that there's there's two types of meditation there's the type- the type you do for your health, and there's the type you do for oneness, and it's a different type of meditation. The type you do for your health is usually you know five to thirty minutes, you know brings your blood pressure down Mm -hmm. it's 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 helpful it's healthy then there's a whole other level of going Mm -hmm. to a whole other place and you know like that's what the blue antelope was doing when i met him you know i back in 2012 i couldn't i couldn't believe what i was seeing because he would wake up with the sun and he would go meditate and do prayer for four hours and i was like we're at ashram you know and i'm just like you know, who are you? Who does that? Sure. You know, like, I, who does that? And that's not even including his nighttime, you know, routine. You know, if somebody is going to put in that type of discipline for three or four hours and upwards of six, seven, eight hours a day, they're going to whole other, they're going to other. Levels. I'll use the word levels. They're they're going so deep within themselves. Uh, you know, they're dissolving into into that oneness. They're becoming part of that whole. So meditation is sort of a universal teaching. And some saints talk about it. Um,
1: right here, Saint John of the Cross.
0: Boom! Here's the segue. Go, go.
1: It is best to learn. To silence the mind mm. and to be still so that God may speak. Yes.
0: Yes. What saint was that again?
1: Saint John of the Cross.
0: Okay. That's it.
1: To be still. The small, silent, still voice within our hearts. Yep. Speaks.
0: So, in mystical Judaism, which is called Kabbalah. They refer to it as the vessel and your body's a vessel and you become one with the light, which is the female energy. It's called the Shachana. In Buddhism, it's called emptiness, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: becoming empty. So you become empty so that you can be filled back up by God, by universe by source so these things they're like in all the all the traditions you know it's it's like the same message it's just use different words different terms but that's it right there to be still and it says that in the bible too Mm mm-hmm yeah uh, allow me to quote from the bible here uh palm forty six ten Be still and know that I am God, I will be exalted amongst the nations, I will be exalted in the earth. Then again, Exodus fourteen, fourteen. The Lord will fight for you, you need only to be still. So there it is twice, talking about stillness.
1: Also that you had spoke about in the past, about fasting yes you know food does contain chemicals oh yeah and when you drop down to water or vegetable broth for for four days three days it, things become clear I had a teacher in naturopathic school Dr. Zeth and he would begin every class with a moment of silence because it respected everybody's spirituality or religious beliefs
0: I like that he just said a moment of silence.
1: And and he said that if I had a hard decision, he would say, if I had a hard decision to make, I'd fast for three days. Mm. And at the end of those three days, I would get the answer.
0: It is right on. And fasting is an ancient tool, if you will.
1: It's uh, wonderful.
0: I. Uh, it's interesting you say that. I'm on day 103 right now. <laughs> if only they could see the face you just made. of juice tea and soup broth yeah just liquids yeah
1: that is wonderful
0: yeah it's the longest I've ever gone and how do you feel I feel like I don't know why I'd ever go back to food I mean I I probably will but
1: that's more than three months
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. No, I feel great. I do. Still doing three miles on the treadmill, no problem. I've been doing this for on and off for ten years. Mm-hmm. Please, nobody listening out there, jump into a hundred days. Don't do that. You know. But I'm getting my calories just fine, and my digestive system's still working because there's some fat in the soup. So everything's working just fine.
1: Well, an 800-pound horse eats grass. That's right. And everyone has seen how muscular horses are. Yep. Look at the elephants.
0: Mm-hmm. That's right.
1: Vegetarians.
0: Yep. But yeah, when, when you can fast and get all the way down to water, that's some next-level type stuff. And that's what Jesus did in the desert, right? 40 days, 40 nights. That's when he was having some big visions, some big profound experiences right
1: right before he began after he was baptized yeah he went to the desert and was tempted by the devil right as scripture says yeah there's a quote that says by saint john Climacus, humility is the only thing that no devil can imitate
2: mm.
1: and the saints that was their foundation was humility Mm. understanding that if you walk into a a room and there's a big dinner and you were invited by the host and you went and sat at the top of the table you may be asked to sit somewhere else but whereas if you sat in the corner somewhere the host may ask you to come sit up near the head table Mm. We miss a lot if we think we're better than right. other people.
0: Yep, superiority, yep.
1: When you meet somebody that's humble, you know that they've been through a lot of things. You know, sometimes they had to be non-humble to find, Yeah. you know.
0: Well, there, and I also like to point out that sometimes there's humble people that seem humble and they're not humble. Because we don't know what's going on inside the mind. So I think it's really a a process of dissolving ego when the real humbleness comes out. Yeah. Because there's a lot of introverted people out there. And they're quiet. And some people misidentify humble as quiet. But what... You're saying about the seating arrangement and the seating stuff. That's important. If we go to India and we talk about the gurus and the sages, what do people do? They touch their feet. That's part of the humbleness. You know, you want to become enlightened? You want to walk this path to God? Get on your knees and touch a man's bare feet. And if you can't, then maybe this path isn't for you. Mm-hmm. Cause I heard a guru once say, because you know Americans are like, you know, it's a cult, somebody's touching the feet. <laughs> That's crazy. And I and I and he said, When people touch my feet, it's not for me. It's for them. It's a device for them to humble themselves. He's like, I could care less if somebody touches my feet. It doesn't matter if somebody touches my feet. And he even said that sometimes people are so overwhelmed that they stay there for too long. So They're sitting there at the, at the feet of the master, touching the feet, and he's got to, like, tap him on the head and be like, okay, you're, you're good now, you know? This is the type of stuff that we need more of. When I was going through my spiritual journey, I used to sort of have fantasies of, like, pretending That I was homeless And like just Go spend a few nights out there Just to see what it's like Mm -hmm. I never did it But it crossed my mind quite a few times I think we need to do stuff like that
1: At least you were thinking about
0: it Yeah We need to Break free from our comfort zone You know It's just like preem Vishrant Again going back to Mr. Australia here you meet this guy. I mean, he throws you off right away because he's gonna like look deep in your eyes and tell you you're beautiful and like you're a beautiful man and this and you're just like, okay, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right? Because the normal man is like masculine. Is like, okay, buddy, back up, <laughs> right, 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 right? But he's so transcended from that, yeah, and he's like. It's almost creating a device to humble you, to make you more open, Yeah. to make you more open. I mean, how many men, you know, get on the phone with their best few friends and actually say, I love you? It it doesn't happen. Or we have to throw the word man at the end. I love you, man. (laughs) (laughs) But you could tell your wife, no problem, or your mom, no problem, right? Sure. I love you. But, like, men don't do that. Right.
1: I love your wife.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, there's devices that we can use to humble ourselves, and that seating arrangement thing that you, you mentioned is one of them. Yeah.
1: Right, or or being humiliated. Yeah. In certain experiences, we've all had it
0: happen. Sure. Sure thing, man.
1: We can either laugh at ourselves, or we can get angry. I mean,
0: in illness. Yes. Even something like the flu, you get the flu and you're bedridden for seven to ten days. That will humble. That mm-hmm. will humble you, because you're sitting there, and it feels like a Mack truck ran you over. Anytime you have health issues, it, it can really humble you. You know. All right, I'm I'm going to Judaism on this one. Rabbi Shimon, who was many say the inventor of Kabbalah. And I quote, On this earth, everything is arranged in accordance with a divine plan. The blade of the grass grows only because, up above, an angel incites it to do so, saying, grow. For such is the will of God. Rabbi Shimon.
1: That's beautiful.
0: So the moral of this one is, things are happening. It's all divine plan. It's all, it's all happening. Whether we're alive or we're dead, it's gonna happen. Look, spring comes after winter, right? Spring's gonna continue happening after winter. Long after we're gone, physically. And long before we were here. Dogs are gonna bark. Grass is going to grow. It's going to rain. Right? People are going to get angry at each other. This is life. And so I think this quote kind of uh, signifies that. It's, it's a divine plan. And if we can accept that, acceptance, if we can accept that, then we can start accepting things that happen in our life. You're a great example you came late today (laughs) and you told me when you walked in the room you said oh this happened that happened and and you know I'm sorry I'm 20 minutes late whatever it's like and you're like well I'm on my way here I saw this and I saw that and I'm just like yeah it's just it just unfolds naturally organically it does what it's supposed to do you know it's all there's all a reason
1: we forget that god you know knows every hair on our heads and mm-hmm. even the distances between us the dis- the distances between our fingertips you know and our movements it's almost as if we're in that dream you know we are in the dream of god
0: we are in a dream yes it is the dream <laughs> I like to refer to it as a school, a very mysterious school.
1: When I was living out on the uh, Cheyenne River Reservation, South Dakota, one of my friends that lived there, uh, Jeff Forbear, he uh, told me a story that he was at a gathering and he wandered off uh, into the woods and he met a spirit there. That he knew, and he said, I thought you were dead. And this, his friend started laughing, who was the spirit, and said, I'm the one who's alive. <laughs> All you out there are dead. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Again, the dream. Yep. You know, what is it?
0: Mm. Yeah, in, in the Eastern culture, it's called the Maya. The Maya. A dreamlike state, an illusional state. Uh, some Indians call it the leela, the leela, which is the drama, the play. Gautama the Buddha himself called it the mirage. That we're living in a mirage. Of course, the movie The Matrix took this whole concept for their movie.
1: But still, all you know, listeners saying, "Well, I have to pay this tax, and I'm, I'm having the suffering of my, my children are suffering, and." In, in you guys can talk about, oh, it's just a dream. Whether it's just a dream or, or it's what the scientists tell us, it's, it's an accident caused by the Big Bang. Uh, turn to prayer
2: mm-hmm.
1: and meditation. Mm-hmm. And look up the sages. Look up the saints. Look mm-hmm. at the prayers of the saints. Look up the, the lives of the sages, mm-hmm. what they taught. Because mm-hmm. what they teach is they teach a connection with God. Our culture teaches us to be consumers. God teaches us to be the best person we can be. It's an opposite teaching. Right. Culture wa- wants us to, to be the same. Right. God wants us to be different. It's a process of getting there. And as the sages, as you spoke before, it's staying in the now, mm-hmm. in the present.
0: That's right. It's the key to it all. That and the stillness. And you got a, another quote? What you got? Look at your handwriting. You really write like a doctor. <laughs> you do. Look <laughs> at <it. laughs> I can't read any of that.
1: I had a quote here by um, St. John Paul. Here it is. As the family goes, so does the nation and the whole world.
0: Mm, family life.
1: It begins at home. Yeah. It begins with the self. I mean, what's the purpose of meditation? It's to better the self. Right. Yeah, and how can we change our world? You know, we look around our world today, even just our, our humble country here, how everybody's so divided. hmm You know, and if... Our families are divided. How? How? I mean, even going back a step further, e- if we're divided in our own thoughts and our actions, and we can't even get it together with our own circle of friends and our family, how? How are we going to solve the problems of our world? Right. But we've truly gotten away from from our connection to the original plan, our connection to
0: a long time ago, Mother
1: Nature, our connection to creation
0: a long time ago <laughs> a long time ago
1: and there's a the point where you know we have to take a spiritual stand and make time you know the spirit needs food just as the body needs food mm. just as the mind needs to continually mm-hmm. learning so you know I ask you know my patients you know I know that you're here and you're eating well and we're working with diet but what are you nourishing your mind with what do you and what are you nourishing your spirit with right it's important to bring people to a point where you know where they feel comfortable enough now enough now to be able to have time for prayer to be able to have time to contemplate the stars at night and the nature of this of their purpose on this planet
0: yeah. it's
1: certainly a miracle we're here yeah the moon holds its orbit Right. And doesn't fall toward the earth or, and the sun or is, goes away. the
0: sun is perfectly at a distance to help us and not burn us up. Sure. Sure.
1: The divine design. That's right. And the sages and saints were always up against, oh, I, you know, the the. why are you talking about God? I mean, how do you know God exists? Well, it's as simple as just asking asking the questions about the mystery of life you know go somewhere and look at the stars at night Mm -hmm. and see how awesome it is Mm -hmm. and if it's just oh it's just a star well why is why am i viewing it just as a star
0: i think it's also important to look at the work of gotama the buddha the buddha himself because what he did is he took god out of the equation. It's not that he didn't believe He just wanted to teach people how to develop themselves It's like he was the first self-help guru, if you will And so, you know, some people are attracted to that Because they don't want to buy into the 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 guy-in-the-sky mentality So, you know, they they can go towards Buddhism and, and develop themselves ultimately we're all ending up in the same place. You know? That's what's cool about it. All right. I think it's my turn. And I think we're running out of time, so. I have a bunch, so I have to decide. I have to, like, pick between quotes
1: here. I have faith in you.
0: I'm going to go Lao Tzu, one of the greatest masters ever. Simplicity, patience, compassion these three are the greatest treasures simple in actions and thoughts you return to the source of being patient with both friends and enemies you accord with the way things are compassionate towards yourself you reconcile all beings in the world Mm. love it i this is from the, the Tao te ching one of the great books ever and I've I've adopted these three words in my life because Lao Tzu is the simplest of them all. I've studied them all. He is simple. And whereas, you know, Buddha can be complicated and Jesus can be layered. You know, a lot of stories and, um, parables. And Lao Tzu is just, he's so simple. And it's right there in the three words, simplicity, patience, compassion. He said, all you got to do is remember those three words and just walk through life with them. And, yeah, you know, I think the hardest one is the first one, simplicity. We're, we're so caught up in chaos we love chaos give me more drama give me more drama but even maybe it's your job people are attracted to the chaos oh you want to be the manager Well, guess what now you're gonna get a call to come solve this problem to do that to do this Hmm. I remember when I became a manager many many years ago a lot of problems cross your desk from executive problems all the way to the toilet doesn't work simplicity is when you don't have to solve a ton of problems (laughs) (laughs) it's just very simple what am I going to eat today you know what am I going to wear today? Stuff like that. It's just, everything's very simple. It's like the old saying, and you mentioned this the last time we recorded, and it's a Zen teaching. You dropping Zen bombs, and it's before enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood and carry water. <laughs> it's... Simple. Very simple.
1: But it's also the path. Yes. When you're chopping your wood and carrying your own water, you're very conscious of where that water's coming from, how much you're using. Yeah. You don't make a fire, you're going to freeze to death when it's 40 below in your cabin somewhere in Alaska. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, right. Simplicity, man. That's one of the reasons why I'm attracted to van life i had bob wells on the podcast he lived he's lived in a van for 25 years it's simple now don't get me wrong there's problems and you have to be very conscious right your water supply when do you re-up right your fuel you have to pay attention to your fuel you have to pay attention to your tires Mm -hmm. make sure your tires are good you got to pay attention to your oil changes you got to pay attention to where you're parking, where you're sleeping. But it's simple. Compared to a crazy job. But yeah, I I love this from Lao Tzu. Simplicity, patience, compassion. These are your greatest treasures. I like that. Do you have another?
1: Sure. Holiness consists simply in doing God's will. In being just what God wants us to be again that was by saint john paul ii surrendering Surrendering. brings us yeah back to the road we are destined for
0: there's a purpose
1: it comes with a lot of hard work though Yeah. because it comes from a lot of failures sure you know maybe we tried to be successful maybe we tried to do this and Right. Our plans never worked out. So we throw, our, we throw our hands in the air and open our hearts and relax our our human spirit. And we say, okay, God, I'm ready. Lead me as you need me.
0: Now, my guru, he says that success and failure are the same thing. It's just part of duality. Mm-hmm now that's some that's a st- you know a step above the layperson you know that's getting towards a transcendence an ultimate peace you know but i can attest to that i mean i you know I, i've always been a very very overachieving person ambitious you come across a lot of failure a lot you know, we're always being you know hit on the head with a stick <laughs> our ego gets caught up in that so what what my guy is saying is you fool it's the same thing it's been the same thing the whole time (laughs) How, how can we know that at 16 years old or 30 years old i mean
1: and it's important to learn things that we that no longer serve us that we need to let go you know right and every step we take leads us to something else
0: let go or be dragged
1: that's right. And we have this attachment sometimes that, oh, this is how it has to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're running out of time here. I have more, so I don't know what to do about that. <laughs> but we'll do well, it off air. I have air. an idea. We'll do it off air. I have an idea. What's
1: that? Why don't um, I play the flute while you read some quotes? Okay. <laughs> we can go off with that. All right. I want to thank everyone out there May God bless you all
0: Yes It's beautiful Okay If you love a flower Don't pick it up Because if you pick it up It dies And it ceases to be what you love So if you love a flower Let it be Love is not about possession. Love is about appreciation. That's by Osho. Next. It is very difficult to know exactly what good should come out of a particular situation. To attempt to manipulate circumstances so your idea of good can come about is to let the ego play God and all that as you know can and does backfire. That quote is from Baba Neem Karoli, the guru of the great Ram Das Next. Non-memory is conventions truth and mind which has become no mind. This is fulfillment this is the highest good friends of this highest good become aware this quote is from sarha the tantra master from many 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 centuries ago i like this stop acting so small you are the universe in ecstatic motion that's from Rumi, Jalaluddin Rumi, the great mystic poet. Nobody is a fool and nobody is wise. It is the space which makes you foolish or wise. If you have space within your mind, then you become wise. And if you have no space in your mind, then you become otherwise. That's from Sri Brahmananda also known as Guruji. <laughs> it sounds beautiful. Thank you for everyone for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese and thank you to Dr. Joe Breton for joining me for Saints and Sages. Be sure to go to DrReese.com that's Dr. spelled out for all my work and tell a friend about this podcast. Thanks for listening to Inner Peace with Dr. Reese. If this episode opened your heart, feel free to share on social media and tell your loved ones. Also, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Until next
2: time, may peace be with you.